With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to TNTradio.live. Talking about issues and coming up with solutions. Dean Mackin on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. And g'day. We're almost there. It's Thursday, getting close to the weekend. Uh, if you're listening to us, hello. If you're watching, an even bigger hello because you get to see me do that. And for those of you wondering what I just did, it's because you're not watching us. We'd love you to do that. Of course, if you're driving, we completely understand. But get home, flick it on, and it's really, really easy to do. Check out TNT Viewing. It is rather, what's the word? It's a, it's a more rich and enriching experience. So try that. Give it a go. Um, g'day, and uh, thank you to Chris Smith. He'll be back tomorrow, of course. Uh, today, we've got some terrific guests on this hour. Mike Netta. He's a guy who is the vice chair of Rebuild California. God, it's like the Phoenix, that place. You'll have to burn it to the ground before you can start again. Uh, his mission is to take action where the government has failed in areas such as water supply, flood protection, law and order, homelessness, education. In fact, I mean, I personally can't think of anywhere where uh, California hasn't been uh, engineered to fail. I will say engineered because it just doesn't happen. That doesn't happen naturally. You don't go from one of the, the best states in the nation to arguably the worst, certainly the most woke and uh, the least nonsensical. We'll chat with him about a bunch of problems with elections in California and what could possibly go wrong with this. In California, you can simply print off your own ballot paper, yes, or, or 20, I would imagine, um, and just go and send them in. Isn't that absolutely terrific? I would imagine they're reasonably anonymous and I would imagine there aren't too many checks and balances in place. But what would I know? I'm not there. Mike Netta has his finger on the pulse. We'll be talking to him about that a little bit later. Of course, our very own Jeremy Beck will be joining us. So we've got a bunch of things to uh, speak about. And of course, imminently Gemma Cooper shall join us. Now, I don't know. I'm getting fed up with um, people that are complaining about rent rises and the price of houses from people who are responsible for it. And I think you and I need to work together to fix this problem. And this is how you do it. So if somebody says, oh, you know, my daughter or my son has to pay $1,000 a week rent to live in some absolutely poxy suburb, and it's ridiculous. And you can jump on and say, yeah, isn't it bad? I can't believe it's so bad. I can't believe our kids will never afford a house. But if that person you are talking to is somebody who goes to the ballot box, and I don't even care if they pick the uh, the more, the, the, the less harmful, the least harmful side of the duopoly. But if they go and they are people who every time over the last however many decades have gone to the ballot box and voted, oh, yeah, bugger Labor, I'll vote Liberal. Well, you know what? They're still part of the problem. If they haven't woken up to the duopoly, if they haven't at least preferenced uh, a One Nation or a United Australia Party, places who will literally cut immigration to next to zero, who will stop a whole bunch of this, if they're not fair income with giving somebody like Pauline Hanson or Clive Palmer a crack at trying to fix this country, when we know the duopoly absolutely is set to destroy it, they've been in power. Okay, let's just have a look at the last 40 years. Pretty much year for year, they're about the same. If you check it out, it's about 20 and 20, give, give or take. And the simple fact is, compare 2024 to 1984, that is exactly how much damage 
those two groups have done together. And do you see when the LNP get in, do you see them going, well, wait, we're in, we're going to stop immigration. We're going to stop those 200,000 people from coming in for a year. No, no, no. Full bipartisan support on everything that does irrevocable harm to this nation. So if the people who are complaining to you are people who haven't woken up to that yet, that you could argue that's on them. You could also argue if you haven't had the conversation that I'm having now with them, as I do with people who I know are still doing it, we are complicit. We are complicit because we have done nothing to educate them. And we should just say, well, shut up because you're responsible for it. You voted in the Liberal National Party uh, thinking you're doing a good job. And they're the people who have jointly allowed all of these now millions of people to come into the country. We have nowhere for them to go. They're pushing the prices up. It's a Ponzi scheme. And there is, I, I can think, honestly, you could give me a week and I would find very, very little to put in the positive side column if I was to make a, a bunch of, uh, get some paper, make draw a line down the middle, pros and cons. I maybe could think of one, possibly two things um, that would be in the positive column and I'd need a ream of paper for the negatives. I would absolutely need a ream of paper and I could go on and on and on. But, you know, but we are complicit. We are absolutely complicit if we just go, yeah, mate, you're right. Well, bugger that. No, you're to blame. You're absolutely part of the problem is what we need to tell these people because if they haven't woken up by now, it's up to us to wake them up because it's not going to happen naturally, is it? It just absolutely won't. Something I'll talk about a little bit later is uh, this cashless move and a particular McDonald's or a couple of McDonald's in some very suspect parts of Melbourne have decided to go cashless. I'll tell you why later and you can tell me if you think it's a good or a bad reason to do it, I can think of other ways to uh, to combat this, but uh, I'd love your thoughts in the online chat. We'll uh, talk about that a little bit later in the program. If you will stay with us, we would absolutely love it if you would do that. Now, if you're enjoying listening to TNT or watching us, do you think that we're doing a good job? Well, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Why not leave us a like or a positive review on Facebook, Gab or Gitter, so you can help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time here at today's News Talk TNT. Bringing you a world view. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The wonderful Gemma Cooper joins us. I normally get to say to her, uh, g'day to her off air. I was that flat out, uh, as I believe she was today. I didn't get the chance. G'day, Gemma. How are you going? Uh, g'day, Dean. <laughs> I'm going fine, thank you. I really uh, was chuckling to myself listening to your editorial there at the top of the hour because uh, there's been a lot of talk over the last four years now, it is four years since 2020, about waking people up, you know, and saying, well, you've got to wake up. If only it was that simple, you know, to just to say to someone, oh, you need to wake up and they go, oh, OK, I'll wake up. Or you hand someone a leaflet or you you, you talk to them at a protest rally or whatever that might be. So you need to wake up. Oh, yeah. OK. Unfortunately, it's not quite as simple as that. You know, it comes from an, a person's own um, internal shift or internal perception of the world. That's how people wake up. Or they have an external event that shakes them. So that shakes their perception of reality so much that they ha they do wake up because they just think this can't be happening. And that's what's happened over the last few years but in terms of the political process you know changing someone's entire belief system is a pretty tall order <laughs> good luck to you dean if you could if you can manage to do that with people friends and family and uh, you know each to their own as well we all need to rub along to get along until people have their moment where they realize hang on a minute life's not what i thought the system's not what i thought but it doesn't come from us telling them unfortunately i wish it did i wish it was that easy 
Well, the bad news, Gemma, is those who aren't awake by now are never going to awaken. And I've uh, elaborated on that and I've taken it much further. The same way you would drop somebody as a friend on Facebook. I mean, absolutely eliminate these people out of the equation because you can oh, he's a nice bloke. She's a nice gal. Uh, terrific friends. We've been friends a long time. Look at the immense irreversible harm that they're doing to our offspring moving forward. And the simple fact is, I mean, I've dropped people like that. And I let them know I, I, I'm not prepared to hang around somebody who is doing damage. I've done it. I, I mean, you should have a look at how many people in my own family that I no longer talk to. And only on one side of the family, funnily enough, one, one side gets it and the other side, no, you know, they've probably had their fifth booster and I can't help that side of the family. I've tried and I've tried. But no, literally you take it many steps forward. You have to uh, eliminate them. They have a herd mentality, exclude them from the herd, and then they'll want to come back in. And how do you come back in? You start listening, you start making some smarter decisions. But until that time happens, but Gemma, I mean, if you're waiting for them to wake up, it'll be way, way too late. You're right. They're never going to wake up. And if they haven't woken up by now, hey, I, I give up. But we can forcibly corral them into a way of thinking or a way of acting because that's how they got to where they are now in the first place, we have to adopt the same pressures, the same tactics that have happened to them to get them where they are, to get them back on side with us. And some people might say that's going a step too far. I say a step too far is where we'll be ending up or our kids or grandkids will be ending up uh, if we don't do that and uh, and maybe a bit more. Uh, I, I take a different approach. I mean, this is the beauty of TNT is that we all share very different opinions about uh, life and, and, and the world, but we all still get along and we have good professional relationships. I'm more of the kind of keep them all on side, gently looking after them, get along with them, even if they've had 50 boosters, if that's what they choose, it's free will um, until they have. And let's hope they have their moment of clarity and then you can say I was here for you all the time let's have a conversation um, I'm a bit more of that because I don't think um, you can solve a situation or an, an issue or that generated it um, but that's my approach I mean I've got loads of people in my life still that willingly lined up for the experimental injections despite me saying I don't think you really need those you know but it's not my place to tell them free will is free will or what they thought was free will that's the more, more, more point to this what they thought was their free will so many friends that I know um, now are completely regretful um, and, 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 and are saying Jem you know I think you were right and I'm like yeah well you know that was a couple of years ago now don't have any more don't have any more <laughs> that's the main thing um, and similarly, a lot of friends of mine shared very different political views. I'm very apathetic about the political process, and I admire your optimism still um, that the, the, the political process is a force for change. Because I, I, in my lifetime, I've I have voted many times for many things, and I, I, I don't change the system as the system, and it's always geared against us. But I'm willing to be, you know, woken up on that issue. If, if you think that the ballot box can still affect change, fair play. Let's let's see it in action. That's what I would rather see. Let's see that in in action. And Jim, I mean, I think that's uh, a whole other issue as well. I mean, I'm not sure if I trust the political process. And again, a story that I'll be talking to uh, with Mike Netta straight after I talk to you is in California, they now have a policy where you can uh, print your own ballot sheets off at home. And Elon Musk asked, uh, what could possibly go wrong? Wow. I mean, this is the world we're living in. And why is it that that state is the biggest basket case politically? I mean, you walk down the streets. I mean, the, the days of uh, watching Hollywood, uh, you know, what was it? Uh, Beverly Hills Cop where you had this really nice Beverly Hills or it was perceived to be, even in the 80s, it was an absolute you-know-what hole. 
and you've you've seen the people laying in their own feces and and urine on the street, homeless people, drug addicts, literal zombies down the road, and that's all as a result of their political choices. And um and the police doing nothing, the police not being funded, the people in that state not wanting to fund the police. They what they must want more of it, but I don't believe they do. I believe that is a very vocal minority in the media telling us that that's what the bulk of Californians want. But you could counter-argue why the hell are they still there when they could pack up and just drive to Florida? And that would be a terrific question to ask. Indeed, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I have never been to California and, and I can't comment too too much about that, but I, I get where you're coming from, um, yeah, on, on that story. Uh, yeah, and interesting about the voter thing there is that, um, if I'm not mistaken, we're discussing this. I think I was. I think it was on this show you were discussing it yesterday, or we mentioned it about um, voter ID um, and how how um, the Biden administration is totally against voter ID. They don't I want it at why. all. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And but you know, they want vaccine passports and ID for every other thing on the planet, track and trace you at your every movement, but not for voting. No, no, yeah. no. You don't it's need amazing. ID for that. That's fine. It's- you know. Just this, this <laughs> little anomaly. How dare we notice that, Gemma? How dare we, Jim? What do you what do you got for us today? Well, I, I'm bringing you a positive on the the post office scandal. Um, oh, I, I bring good. I bring you updates on this every day until it's over because it is it's rocked uh, British society. This scandal of the wrongly convicted sub postmasters and postmistresses due to an IT glitch back in the 19, uh, late 1990s, early 2000s. I don't want to call it an IT glitch. I want to call it AI because I think it's a very clear indication of what's coming if we let AI run our lives. Um, but uh, the government, Rishi Sunak, he, obviously there's an election coming, but let's take this as a win. He has said he's pledged to induce, uh, introduce a new law which will exonerate every single victim of this scandal by the end of the year, uh, overturning all their convictions, quashing them completely. They'll sign a piece of paper. It'll all be done and dusted. And he's offering the victims £600,000 each in compensation for their wrongful convictions of fraud and theft due to their IT glitch, AI glitch. Um, A lot of the victims are saying that's nowhere near enough because some of the families have lost loved ones. Some people have committed suicide. Quite a few got very serious cancers and died, and their families are attributing that to the stress of the wrongful convictions. But it's a step in the right direction. But talking about the system being geared against us, as we do every day on this um, this show, um, it, it also emerges. And I think the parallels with, with what we might see in 20 years for vaccine damage you know this this all came to light because of a tv drama and i wonder if in 20 years time we'll be seeing tv dramas about you know the the actual terrible uh, miscarriage of human justice which the the, the, the so-called vaccines were and and we'll be seeing tv dramas about compensation for vaccine damage but it has emerged in this and there is a parallel here that the post office fraud team that were investigating all of these hundreds of people that were alleged to have stolen from the post office when it was nothing more than a software glitch it says they got bonuses for every single sub postmaster that was convicted and went to prison they got a bonus for that the, the investigations team and they were sending emails saying yeah they're all crooks they're all they're all thieves um and but they were they got paid there was an incentive scheme in the post office in the investigations team to get these people convicted and jailed incentive remind you of anything it and does some doctors the over the last yeah, four rolling years, yeah. up, uh, exactly rolling up roll up your arms i'll jab you i'll get 40 dollars. i'll get 50 quid you know uh, and i wonder i look at this story it all came to light because of a television drama written by one very brave woman who says she's astounded by the reaction it's generated here in the uk will we see in 20 years time a drama written about vaccine damage and this exact same story 
raising its ugly head and the only thing that's different is the word post office it's re replaced with the word injection do you know yeah. what i mean where, where i'm going oh, with I said, because... yeah i picked up on it as soon as you said it i picked up on it uh, a token gesture by uh, sunak uh, a guy who's hanging on um to what little chance he has of getting elected at the next general election i mean that's a token gesture i mean what an insult to those and of course you can't bring people back from the dead those who committed suicide those who had adverse health effects as a result of the stress which is a real thing um just absolutely horrific and uh, let's just hope that uh, there is a, a good legal outcome and that they will have to go through the courts, I think, to get any decent payout. This sounds like the government trying to get out of it nice and cheap. But again, um, I just hope this comes to a uh, uh, a good conclusion. And I suspect it may be with the amount of pressure on and we're getting changes on daily uh, updates. So I think that is uh, well and truly on the way. Thank you, Gemma Cooper. We'll talk to you again next hour. Thank you, Dean. Okay, everybody stick around. Coming up next, Mike Netter. Uh, he is the vice chair of Rebuild California, and we're going to talk about some crazy stuff that's going on over there. Print your own ballots, believe it or not. Yep, we'll be talking about that next here at TNT. Jeremy now on TNT Radio. Being South African, I'm, I know the situation, and it's incredibly dire. Basically, our farmers, mostly white, have been under attack for years and years and years. And when I say attack, I mean that physically, don't I? Yes. Um, since the dawn of democracy in South Africa, since 1994, we had an average of uh, one farm attack every second day. Um, so it averages around uh, 175 to 190 farm attacks every year. And we had a farm murder on average every fifth day. Um, but over the last few months, both of those numbers have picked up. Murders in other sectors of society are not accompanied by the same levels of brutality and torture as you will find in farm murders. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. We ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. Just seeing Jacob recognize Daddy again after a long time just melted my heart. And now, as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org. Internet. Internet. A stream online. TNT Radio. Live. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. All right. And it was Elon Musk that, that wrote, he wrote, people might be also, might also be surprised that California has an RAVBM program that lets you print your own ballot at home and then mail it in to a place. Uh, you're just going to put it in the Dropbox. And he asked what could possibly go wrong. Well, I've got someone that can tell us what could possibly go wrong. His name is Mike Netter, the Vice Chair of Rebuild California. His mission is to take action where the government has failed in areas such as water supply, flood protection, law and 
order, of course, homelessness, education. It's a, a nonpartisan grassroots groundswell movement. And Mike is also a KABC radio host and a veteran of distribution, sales, marketing, and applying his business expertise to state uh, politics and volunteers and allied organizations to further the cause of conservatism in the state of California. Not that I thought there was much of that left, but if there is, you can thank this man, Mike Netta. Mike, how are you going? Dean, it's great to be here tonight. Boy, with an intro that long, this segment's almost up. It is, and I even forgot to add in that last bit that we just added with the pronouns, which was very funny, by the way. Uh, mate, you're a good fellow. I love what you're doing. Absolutely love it. Talk about a challenge. I mean, rebuilding California. What went wrong with California? I mean, it was a terrific place going back decades, a place where everybody wanted to visit. And now well, the... the it's, let's... Dean, the problem in California is the United States made up of 50 states. In California, you have one-party rule. And you could see Genghis Khan, Julius Caesar, Mao Titztung, Putin as an example. When you have one-party rule, things go horribly wrong. You don't have a balance of government. There's extreme left, extreme right. The truth is always somewhere in the middle. But the reason in my claim to fame is the recall of Gavin Newsom. But we did that because we're striking back to make Californians aware. And, Cal you know, the United States is a lot different. And I'd like to go into a little bit of an election thing here today with the time we have, because I know you want to talk about that, Dean, because you went, what could go wrong possibly with people printing their own ballots? <laughs> Well, that is the tip of an iceberg. And of course, the challenge with conservatives a lot of the time is I like to think we're more intelligent. Obviously, you and I are much better looking. But the reality is this. We get focused on a singular issue that the left kind of lets out while we miss the big picture. One of the things the left, frankly, does better than the right, and they've done an excellent job in California, is they build institutions. They chip away for 20 years at a crack, slowly building up, and all of a sudden the conservatives go, hey, well, you can print your own ballots. Yeah, that's 3,000 people out of 22 million. But the reality is they've been chipping away at voting rights in ways that we don't pay attention to a lot. Now, because I have a lot of knowledge in this pea brain of mine and five minutes to go, if you will, let's start with some basic differences because this is TNT Dynamite Radio on a global broadcast. United States does not have compulsory voting, and a lot of people don't realize that. So you're really not required to exercise your democratic right. And that actually is a bigger problem. And I'm not saying I'm for or against compulsory voting, but understand, I really wish even the corrupt people would take the effort to print out and try to be corrupt. The trouble with elections in California to begin with is that most of the time we have a 50 to 60 percent participation rate. In some of the races, it's down to 25%. Yes, you're hearing correctly. That's the problem, voter turnout. So what the, when you say there aren't conservatives left in California, here's really the problem. In this big state, which makes up, quick trivia fact, 20, uh, we have 40, well, we had 40 million people. We may have 10 million by the time I'm through this interview. They're moving out rapidly. <laughs> but let's assume we started with about 40 million people. 
of the 40 million people, of 22 million registered voters or so, you indeed have 10 million Democrats, we call the party of the left. We have about 5.3 million Republicans, we call the party of the right. And about six and a half million in between with no party preference. But wait, there's more. Both parties, the biggest party really is Dean, the party of apathy. It's people not voting. The reason they don't vote a lot of the time, by the way, is because the Secretary of State, often known as the Office of Communist Oppression, Communistic Oppression, if you will, doesn't really do a good job of advertising to these many people there's an election going on. Now, many who watch this are going to go, well, that's shocking because you're required in Australia to go to the polls. And if you don't go to the polls, bad things allegedly will happen to you. In the United States, it's an option. And the left counts on what I call the party of apathy. And then they do things even worse than the article you're referring to. Yes, allegedly, if you're disabled or you have half a brain like many on the left do, you can type in and request a ballot to be sent to you. You can print out at home. Most people aren't that energetic. So the state took the mailing ballots to everybody. What could possibly go wrong, right? With no voter ID, what could possibly go wrong? And now we practice in LA, 10 million people, we have 900 pop-up voting centers where you could vote for any district you want just by walking in and me claiming, for example, Elon Musk. Full disclosure, I'm not, or I probably wouldn't be in this interview. Back to you, Dean. It's just crazy. It's weird because he, as you know, as you stated, we do have compulsory voting. And there I was at the last two elections handing out how to vote cards there. Uh, I was a candidate at both of them. And I would always get the people. They didn't want to be there, the apathetic and typically the long-term unemployed, the dull bludgers, as we like to call them here. And they like to vote for whoever gives them the most free stuff. And that is always the left, always the left. So it's weird. I kind of, I see your point when it comes to non-compulsory voting, but I also see it working the other way here. It's uh, one of those things, I, it would be a state by state, a country by country difference, but absolutely I understand it. And it's just pathetic to see that there are people that are that apathetic for any reason, whether they're there or not. Right. And the challenge we have here is Donald Trump made people aware of this issue of, oh, my God, there's voter fraud. Look, you can go way back. The Democrats have been cheating. In fact, I believe they invented the word. OK, they were dumping ballots. I mean, over the river. Look, see Chicago, see New York. All of a sudden, the Republicans walk up. But holy crap, you mean people are cheating yeah, you idiots, they've been doing it for like 150 years. Now with media, they become cognizant of it. The problem is we're not always cognizant of the right thing. Rebuild California leads a math project. Full disclosure, because I'm a first-time interview for you, for you long-time listeners, um, I'm a math guy in a sales body, okay? And we have this huge project that we do called What Lies Beneath, where we do a full analysis of voter data. 
And much of what's wrong, I know people say it's the machines, it is to a point, but the reality is much of what is done in California, who I speak for, has to do with you getting the wrong ballot. How do you know you've got the right ballot? Well, it's got the president of the United States on it. No kidding. They all do. Thank you very much. But when it comes to these lower offices, much of the time people get the wrong ballot because... This is a shock to you, Dean. Most people aren't that bright or to be blunt and normally <laughs> stupid. OK, they can. And by the way, in perfect defense of them, they go to California public schools, which are ranked like 49th in the nation. We did get pencils. So we moved up from 50th. I'm very proud of us. As a matter of <laughs> fact, I believe we finally gotten chalkboards. So most of these people have never had a course in civics anymore. Yes, indeed. For you listening out there, if you're in the USA, civics is not just a Honda. It's actually the structure of your government. And they quit, started phasing out in th in for courses like, why are you white guy? Okay, which is, of course, very important for those people who don't realize what race they are. The school will teach you and how you're oppressed one way or the other. But when we stop teaching children about government, building an institution over a couple decades, then what happens is people start to non-compulsory voting, don't pay attention. And of course, the ones that do go to the polls or the ones that don't, but allegedly went to the polls, right? Let's put it that way, because yes, indeed, the cheating exists. We end up with bad results like we do in California. That was a pause for you, Dean. Would you like to come back in or do you want me to keep no, going? No, it, it's perfect. I got well, a lot of I, material here. I was looking at the clock. We, we have to go to a break. I was just going to say, you remind me of a, an ad we used to have for a place called Tonka Toys, and their motto was, we're not just educational, we're fun. That is absolutely the case with Mike Netter. He's terrific, a wealth of information. And, of course, after this short break, we'll be back with Mike here at TNT. We interrupt this program. Here we go. This is huge, huge, huge news. Huge, huge, huge news. Huge. You need to listen to this. Now, TNT Radio News. Back again with a look at your TNT headlines. I'm Matt Boyland. The lineup of Republicans seeking the presidential nomination got a little shorter on Wednesday after Chris Christie threw in the towel. Donald Trump has vowed to carry out the largest deportation operation in American history if he's successful in retaking the White House. And a human rights lawyer and active member of New Zealand's parliament has been stood down pending the result of an investigation into shoplifting allegations. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. <laughs> you, you and I both. Welcome back. That's Mike Netter, everybody, by the way. You can't tell he does radio, can you? He's absolutely terrific. Uh, he's the vice chair of Rebuild California. We're talking about the voting system there, the many problems with it. And of course, even the educational system, which sounds like it's pretty much on par with most of the schools here in Australia. Of late, Mike Netter, I'll hand it back to you. We've got about five and a half minutes. Make the most of it. Okay. Well, one of the things to realize when it comes to voting, and this is part of the problem is, there's much to do in California, for example, when they talk about we're going to mail everybody a ballot. 
because, you know, we think there's something called COVID. And I'm going to go down a little bit rabbit hole with the time I have. Why, Dean, during COVID, and you saw this many a time, not that we have to watch the shiny object as our country melted down, did they show us this huge picture of the virus all the time? Like I was going to find it coming to my door, right? So why they're distracted going, well, that's what COVID looks like. I've never seen it before. The, the state legislature goes, well, you know, because of COVID, we ought to start mailing everybody a ballot. So the right went ballistic as well we should. But what we didn't realize or weren't paying attention to is that there used to be something called an absentee ballot. You have that down in Australia and everywhere. I'm not going to make it, right? I'm either sick, I'm at work, I'm at war, eh, whatever, right? So you would apply for an absentee ballot. Not a problem. Well, the state about 10 years ago started saying, you know what, Dean? You can apply for an absentee ballot once, and we're just going to make that permanent for you. Wow. So over 70% of Californians were getting absentee ballots. But again, we're not the brightest bricks in the shed. You could tell that, hey, I live near communism, but I got sunshine, brother. All right. So because I got the sunshine, apparently my brain's melted and people didn't realize they were already getting a mail-in ballot. So this it said again, the left built this institution of slowly shipping out ballots, slowly chipping away at our voting rights. Then, of course, what the left does well, they accelerate the processes. And, hey, what the heck? Let's just mail one out to everybody. Here's what's really fascinating statistically, not to bore your audience with math. Math is actually, by the way, everybody out there, an educational concept, not a bug. That was for my California friends. Go, he's talking math. <laughs> I'm talking math. All right. That mail-in ballots or mailing a ballot to everybody, are you ready for this? A drum roll producer, please, has actually decreased voter participation. Yes, indeed, you've heard correctly. We actually can send a ballot to someone's house and apparently that walk to that post office box is just too damn much. Hey, what the hell? We were delivering liquor and apparently crack during COVID. You know, people got other things to do. All right. So that's what it comes down to. So mail-in ballots do not increase voter turnout. And then we have something called ballot harvesting. Are you familiar with that? Oh, yes. All right. Another. And by the way, it's not legal in every state. For those of you going out there, everyone should just move out of the United States. No, not every state has ballot harvesting. Ballot harvesting means you don't need a machine or a tractor. You don't even need an excuse. I could simply decide to give my ballot to anybody that comes along, except maybe for you, Dean, you look a little fishy. But literally anybody who comes to my door could say, hey, I know you're not going to vote. I see from the statistics you don't normally vote. You're what we call low propensity. Just give me your ballot. And you know what? Nod, nod, wink, wink. We'll take care of it for you. And we have no way to track that. And then, Dean, in case you don't want to be caught bringing a tractor full of ballots, to your local voting center, because frankly, it would look weird. And who wants to wait in line with a really big cart? Um, you can go, go drop them off at some random box now that we call a drop-off box. Well, what's a drop-off box? Well, it's a mailbox, which is used occasionally, monitored by nobody except for the occasional camera where groups come in the middle of the night and sweep up ballots. 
what could possibly go wrong, Dean, <laughs> in a system like that? Well, absolutely everything. <laughs> and it seems like it has, mate. So the big question is, how do you fix it? Is it fixable or is it too late? At which point, no. what do you do? Move to the Florida. The answer is it's, it's all fixable, and that's what the left is afraid of. We fight because we care. Rebuild California grew out of the recall. Let's face it, political parties in general can be a little bit lame, and I'm being kind because I'm on the air. But the reality is this. RebuildCalifornia.com, go there, give us a few bucks if you can, is a grassroots movement, by the way, made up of Democrats, MPPs, and Republicans. We're the biggest movement, grassroots movement in the United States. Go listen to KABC Radio. Why? Because you don't have to look at my face, but you can hear my voice. <laughs> and listen to what we have to say. The biggest party in California is the party of apathy. When people wake up and start to give a damn, good things happen. Everyone out there, and I repeat this quite often, it's your state. It's your freedom. It starts with each individual. And it's up to each individual, like a small group of us, to take action, to spread the word, to do what you can. This is the problem that we have. We, the government would like us to believe that we as individuals are not empowered to do something, and we believe a lot different. I fight not because I have to. I fight not because I want to. I fight because I give a damn. And everyone out there listening to this, pay attention to your government because they're hoping that you don't. RebuildCalifornia.com. I'm Mike Netter, at Netter Mike on Twitter. Follow me, pay attention, and let's take back our country and keep our world safe. Your personality is infectious. I think you're terrific. And uh, I'll be tuning in to KABC Radio to have a listen, mate. You've been an absolute pleasure to chat to my guests of late have been absolutely wonderful. You've been one of the best I've ever spoken to. And, mate, I wish you all the best. I hope we can talk again at some point uh, with what, what's happening in California. And rather than just give up and say this place is a basket case, you're aware that you can fix it. You're going about your business, mate. And if you've got other people like you around you, I guarantee you'll get it done. Mike Netta, I appreciate you very much. Thank you, Dean. Have a great night. And if you don't, don't blame me. What a terrific fellow. Mike Netta, everybody, check him out. Rebuild California and KABC radio hosts. Speaking about radio, this is TNT, and we'll be back on the other side of this with Jeremy Beck. From weather and traffic reports to news of political developments, we turn to journalists for the information we need to live our daily lives. Journalists around the world provide news that is essential for democracy, for personal freedom, and for safety and stability. Yet their ability to report freely and safely is under attack like never before. Too many journalists are paying with their lives. They face exponential risks, and they've already paid a heavy toll. Death threats, online harassment, and physical attacks are becoming a daily experience of journalists in all countries. We just want people to be safe, to be able to get our readers the information that they need to make informed decisions. They checked my phone and realized that it was Pegasus. I feel myself like I'm naked at the street. These charges were politicized from the start. 
Facts win. Truth wins. Justice wins. C'est énorme pour moi d'être là, d'être libre. Surtout que je ne m'y attendais pas du tout. Stand with the free press. Stand with journalists whose reporting won't be silenced. Press freedom is your freedom. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. And welcome back, a producer to the stars, absolutely, a senior producer here at TNT, the guy who fills in for me when I go away. I'm going away soon, hint, hint. And um, um, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't give that away because I don't know if that's happening yet. I hope you do because you are terrific when you do. Um, a man who is uh, he's got engineering studying degrees under him and he's just a general good fella. Jeremy Beck, how are you going? Yeah, good, Dean. Yeah, um, plenty of uh, news happening right now. I thought I'd start with the story of Dr. Anthony Fauci is finally made an admission. Uh, and this is quite remarkable. How, how long have we gone into this so-called pandemic, scandemic, a pandemic? Uh, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci has finally confessed that the guidelines to keep six feet of separation, supposedly to limit the spread of COVID-19, just sort of appeared without scientific input. Uh, so Fauci revealed this on Tuesday to the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic in a closed hearing. So we don't have the footage to the public, so we just have to go on these reports. Uh, but it went for 14 hours over two days, so it was quite a substantial hearings. Uh, the Select Subcommittee Chairman Brad Wenstrup issued a press release on Wednesday summarising Fauci's two days of testimony. Uh, and in the release, Wenstrup says the social distancing recommendations forced on Americans sort of just appeared and were likely not based on scientific data. Well, <laughs> I think uh, you and I knew that, Dean. Uh, I, I think we picked up on that pretty darned early, if I'm honest, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, now, even many establishment medical officials at the time or early on uh, indicated this. Uh, for example, Dr. Ashish Jha, the Dean of the Brown University School of Public Health, who served as President Biden's COVID response coordinator for 15 months, told the New York Times back in March 2021, it never struck me that six feet was particularly sensical in the context of mitigation. And he added, I wish the CDC would just come out and say that this is not a major issue. Uh, of course, they didn't. So it brings us to the question, Dean, well, if it wasn't about our health and stopping the spread of COVID-19, what was it really about? I'd love to say money. I think it's something far more insidious, but only time will tell if I'm right. Well, I'd love, what are your thoughts on that, what I just said? Uh, well, I think it's about money, but I think it's more about control. I think it's more about bureaucrats thinking, oh, well, uh, this, this will be something that will get people's... Uh, all talking about COVID and fearful, and we want to push these new experimental mRNA injections. And what better way to do it than to have a very visual presence with circles on the floors and the supermarkets, which is, by the way, uh, even some some shopping centres today, they still have them. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, they just haven't bothered to clean them off the floors. These circles stand here. Um, now, in Australia, uh, we had the 1.5 metre rule 
Whereas in America, they have the the six feet rule. But if you do the conversion, six feet is 1.8 meters. uh, And 1.5 meters used here uh, is really only 4.9 feet, just under five feet. So just from that alone, it shows that they just picked numbers just fairly arbitrary. They're just arbitrary numbers. I mean, we all know that those little particles float on the airwaves. They float out the door through the air conditioning unit. Down the road, they go everywhere. What we didn't get told at the time, they don't do too well outdoors in direct sunlight, but there they were not wanting anyone to go out, do any exercise, do whatever. Just quickly getting back to what I said, I I wish it was only about money. I wish it was only about control. Um, You know, Dr. Dolores uh, uh, Cahill made some uh, predictions, I think, uh, she's on the right track. I just think her time frame is probably a bit out, and I don't have any medical expertise, but I just think we're going to have some long, long-term effects for pretty much anyone that even got a single jab. I hope I'm wrong, but I'd, I'd just like to go on record and say what I think. Yeah, well, as far as uh, that is concerned, we've had a few years already, uh, and so far the the excess death rates prove there's something drastically wrong. I would, I would like to think that... Uh, the long-term impact is not too severe. I hope, I certainly pray and hope that it's not too severe because if some of those shocking predictions come true, the, the world is in for a big, big, big shock, much bigger than it already has been. Uh, but in any case, uh, we've done enormous damage already with what's happened. Uh, even if all the, the worst is over in terms of the effects of the long-term impact of the mRNA experimental jabs. Uh, but of course, this Distancing rule was used as a mechanism to control the population, so, along with the the uh, QR codes, the masking. I mean, there was a whole gamut of policies, and this was just one more to add to the bureaucrats to push us to steer a certain direction, shall we say. It's amazing when you're talking about those barriers or those barricades that are up, you know, all my local fish and chip shops, hamburger shops, takeaways, uh, many local businesses that sell clothing have still got those. When you go to the checkout, they've got those Perspex screens up still. I'm like, why? Why? Uh, today, I saw a record amount. And when I say record, I mean record in the last 12 to 24 months of people wearing masks today when I was up at the local shopping centre. So I, a lot of people have learned nothing. And uh, I dare say, again, you will put those into the too hard basket. You can't put brains in statues, it would seem. Well, I agree. And, and it's really quite concerning right now because there is a, a big beat up to push the fear porn again, the, the COVID porn again in the mainstream media, telling people to get their latest booster. Now, fortunately, most people aren't following it, but you only have to walk down to the supermarket to see that there's still quite a lot of people living in that fear just by the, the mask that they're wearing. And it's so often I, I feel like walking up to them and, and saying, hey, do you know how big a virus is <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you do you realize that uh, you, you might as well be trying to stop mosquitoes going through a barbed wire fence? <laughs> it, it, someone it, said to me once, it's kind of like having a doggy door and wondering what, how you got a cockroach in the house. <laughs> it's just, uh, I mean, I, I usually just say, no, no, it's not worth getting involved in some fight that you, you're only going to upset them and you won't convince them anyway. If, if they haven't worked it out now, They'll never work it out, I think. Uh, but uh, it, it's it's just interesting now. Finally, uh, Fauci has admitted in closed door hearings, and I hope to see more admissions come out because really, I think this is going to go on for many years to come. 
uh, all the the dirty secrets will finally be revealed and the the excess deaths are, are just horrific there, there's there's a clear indication there that uh, the the jabs did that there are other factors midazolam which was widely administered uh, that's a, a huge factor too uh, and of course the the impacts the long-term impacts of the lockdowns there's a whole lot of factors but uh, overall uh, I thought that was a very worthy story to cover uh, there's another thing uh, that I wanted to mention Dean the United completely separate subject the United Nations Security Council has demanded an immediate halt to attacks by Yemen's Houthi rebels on ships in the Red Sea area the vote was 11 to 0 and it's notable that Russia, China, Algeria and Mozambique abstained. Uh, now, the United States Deputy Ambassador Robert Wood said that the resolution would send a message that attacking commercial shipping is unacceptable and must stop. Now, a key provision of the resolution states a right for the uh, UN members to defend their vessels from attack which is an implicit endorsement of the US-led Operation Prosperity Guardian. Uh, now, action from Western forces could reignite the Houthi-led civil war in Yemen, which is a, a big concern, though. Uh, now, I think this is big right now because in news, very recent news in the last 24 hours, the Houthis have fired dozens of missiles and drones toward the Red Sea shipping lanes in one of the group's largest attacks to date. So this hasn't ended by a long shot. Uh, now, the Pentagon called this recent offensive in the last you know, day or two, um, called that offensive a complex operation, but claimed to have repelled the strikes. 18 one-way attack drones, two cruise missiles, and one ballistic missile were shot down by American FA-18s and a number of US and British warships based in the region. So that's according to the official US reports there. Uh, now, of course, this um, started quite some time ago in the Red Sea with the Houthis uh, attacking ships. Uh, in November, uh, the Houthis did declare that all ships belonging to the Israeli enemy, as they call it, or uh, that deal with it, which of course would be United States, Australia and various countries, uh, would become legitimate targets, as the Houthis said. Uh, so this was clearly a reaction uh, from the Houthis following Israel's strikes on Gaza. So uh, I, I think we haven't seen the end of this situation by a long shot. Uh, I would say we're in for some major counter reactions there. The concern I have is uh, where's this going to end when you have Iran getting into the mix here? Russia and China abstaining is a big factor, Dean. Mate, it's a huge one. I would say a predictable one. Um, and why would they get involved? I mean, their ships are basically exempt. They're not going to fire rockets at their ships. And uh, so I understand for them to have voted and certainly to have voted with uh, the unanimous, already un unanimous uh, vote uh, would have only caused further problems for them where they have none. So why would they? Yeah, I look, if I was in the uh, Russian or Chinese shoes, I, I would be abstaining too. You don't want to send a signal one way or the other. You just say, this is not our fight. Uh, we don't want to be a part of it. In fact, I think our Australian government should have done the same thing uh, and not joined uh, any of this. Wouldn't that be nice? 
any of this uh, Middle East war, which is only going to escalate if more people pile in on there and take sides. Uh, we've already seen genocide in Gaza. I mean, you can't call it anything else but that. When you see that the the scale of the destruction, whole massive areas as far as the eye can see of rubble. Now, you know that rubble is going to have women and children buried under it. What else is it but genocide? Now, at the same time, I'm very, very sympathetic to the, the poor Israeli families who have their hostages, their loved ones, that they just don't know what fate they face. So it's just a horrible situation all around, Dean. It really is. And again, I mean, there's Netanyahu and co advocating that these people go to places where there are no food like the Congo. I mean, wow, from from one, you know, s-hole to to another. It's just absolutely ridiculous. But I mean, Putin has proven that if you want to do uh, strategic military strikes, you can keep civilian casualties, especially where there are kids to a, an absolute minimum. Could you imagine if Putin even hit two kids? It would be front page news. Yet there sure were would. tens of thousands in, in Israel. And again, that's a side. It's easy for me to sit on the fence. I'm not sitting on the fence. I'm not a fan of either side. So there, but I am a fan. I've said it before many times here. I am a fan of children and children not getting hurt. That's what I'm a massive fan of. So whatever it takes to achieve that particular goal, I'm on board with. Yeah, agree 100%, Dean. And uh, and I can see what China and Russia have done. It makes perfect sense because they, the Houthi rebels are not attacking Russian ships or Chinese ships, are they? So so what, why would they be stupid enough to vote yes in, in the, the resolution there uh, or, or take anyone's side? I mean, just stay out of it. And it makes sense. Look, the, the trade, I, I think long-term trade will go on. Uh, at this stage, it's just dangerous for American allied NATO-backed ships in the region, of course. Uh, but at the end of the day, the, the globalists, they don't care about that anyway. They don't care about economic damage. They're already pushing economic damage nonstop through their Paris Accords and the you know, zero net carbon nonsense. Uh, everything they're doing is damaging our economy full stop, uh, not to mention the, the tens or hundreds of billions of dollars that go into war, which is damaging economies the world over. Uh, that That is a, a huge crisis. So why would they be worried about economic activity in terms of shipping in the Red Sea? It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, well, it does, but uh, certainly I don't take them at face value in what they're saying. Yeah, mate, it's crazy. And just the fact, I mean, I get, I mean, I don't agree with it, obviously. I get why they're funding the Ukraine because that war would have been over in two and a half seconds if they didn't. The simple fact is, I mean, here they are funding Israel. I, I said the other day that Elon Musk was the world's richest man. One of our listeners commented, and I agree he was right, saying, suggesting there are much more uh, rich people based in Israel of a couple of families, the Rothschilds, etc. Um, and so I don't know why we have to uh, send money to Israel to back that particular war. They've got more money than, than God, as far as I, I'm aware. But, uh, mate, it's just one of those things. Uh, Chris has hit the nail on the head in the online chat. Never mind the Middle East. W World War Three is about to kick off in Poland. NATO and the US and the UK are setting up the PSYOP as we speak. Lots going on in the world. We, it's gone mad. But, uh, mate, thank you for giving it some perspective. We always appreciate that very much. Jeremy Bett. Thanks, Dean. Good to be Thank here. you. That's Jeremy Beck, everybody, uh, senior producer here at TNT, and the guy who fills in for me when I'm away and does a terrific bloody job. Uh, coming up next hour, all you have to do is stick around. I'm going to be talking to John Porter and Graham Moore, Gemma Cooper as well.